were thinking apparel and I was thinking uh, hot piss. Hot piss. <laughs> That's not what I expected. Welcome to Smut Talk, the podcast with your host, Abelina Sabrina and Kate Mickle-Fatrick, where we talk about the spiciest books on Smut Talk, although today it's not the spiciest, it's uh, Midnight Sun. Yeah, Twilight from, from Edward's point of view. Oh boy. I don't feel spooky. No, I don't feel spooky this year and I don't know why. October went by too fast. It's gone. Like it's the 22nd. <laughs> what happened? You know what? I was out apartment hunting recently and I was just kind of driving around getting a feel of what neighborhood I wanted to be in. And mm -hmm. I'm looking around and I saw a house here and there with Halloween decorations outside. And I'm thinking, they're kind of early, aren't they? Mm -hmm. And then I realize, oh, no, it's mid-October at this point. I just yeah. <laughs> feel nothing. <laughs> This is the appropriate time to be spooky, but I don't feel spooky. And I'm like the spookiest person. You're all about decorating and, and all of that. That's your thing. I know. I love the spooks. Like this is my time of year, but this year I've just been really lazy. Well, no, no, no. You haven't been lazy, Kate. I think I You have, have been busy. I've been busy. I have also been lazy. Um, but also like it's Texas. So like it's been cold for like, I don't know, three days. Really? Oh, lucky. Yeah. Oh, no, it's been hot. Like, it's been hot, hot, hot. And then all of a sudden, like, three days ago, it got cold, and I was not prepared. My body was not prepared. What's cold for you? Mm, okay. It, in the morning, it was, like, 38 degrees. Oh my God, that is cold. I know. What? And you said it was hot? How hot? Like, um, in the 80s. Yeah, but I mean that's that, that's warm. That's, that's is warm. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh my god, I can't wait for it to be cold, and I'm gonna be like an Instagram girly, um, and I'm gonna put on my sweaters and like my little like argyle like leggings and my boots. No, I was just fucking cold, and I was miserable, and I just put on like sweatpants and a sweater, and I just like shivered. That's such a big jump. From 80s to 30s? I think I'm like a tropical fish where like I need to be kept at 68 degrees or I die. <laughs> 68 is a good temperature. If it's 75 degrees outside, I would like the temperature inside my home to be like maybe 70. But that that's the ideal setting. I keep it at 69 all the time. Just Kate. for the... <laughs> just for the lull. But also like, yeah, that's my temperature. That's where I feel happy. Well, I think also your body just sleeps better when it's colder. Mm. But like not not too cold. But I think like 68 degrees is the ideal temperature for your body when you're asleep. Yes, I totally agree. Like a little even colder I would be happy with. Mm. Um, but I have had to get like out of bed in the middle of the night recently. And I am mad. Like I'm angry. Why? That I well like because Arthur, my three old, wakes up. I understand that he needs me. It's totally fine. But getting out of that warm bed, it it makes me angry. This is gonna be gross, and you don't have to answer. <laughs> but does <laughs> I think I know what you're gonna ask? Oh yeah. Okay. Um, when you wake up in the middle of the night and it's a really cold night, mm -hmm. isn't it just like the weirdest freaking little feeling when you pee, but the inside of your body is hot and your body, like everything outside of your body is cold. And it's just like, 
I hate this. It feels so weird and wrong to pee hot when everything is so cold. This is not what I expected. Oh, um, me either. Okay. But next time, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like record that memory next time. Wait, what did you think I was gonna say? I thought you were gonna be like, oh, well, what do you sleep in? Because like, <laughs> obviously, if you're getting out of bed and you're wearing long johns, you're fine, right? But I'm like full on like Winnie the Pooh in it. <laughs> Like, shirt and, like, underwear. I don't know why. That's just my comfy spot. You were thinking apparel, and I was thinking uh, hot piss. Hot piss. <laughs> That's not what I expected. Oh, okay. But well. I'm going to remember, though. Then I hope that you've never had to experience it. I mean. Oh, it's, it's coming. Uh, yeah, with the weather oh. changing. What? Oh, my God. For Christmas, we're going to Ireland <gasps> to visit Dave's dad. Magical. Yeah, so it's going to be super, like, magical and fun. But also, like, one thing I have observed is that uh, the toilets in Ireland are not heated. The bathrooms, they're not heated. Like, if you're in a bar and you go to the bathroom, it's going to be, like, in the basement and it's going to be a room that is not heated. And I don't know why. But it's fucking cold. Okay, so heated bathrooms are not a familiar thing to me, but I, I'm from Southern California, so it's almost always very warm. It's very rare that it gets cold. Like our cold is maybe like 50 degrees at the absolute coldest day in the winter, but we're probably usually coasting at like 60s and 70s. But I would imagine that Ireland, they're pretty darn cold a lot, are they not? So you would think that they would adjust their toilets well, right. I think I think we're used to, you know, like central heating in the US where, you know, you just set your house at a certain temperature and the whole house is that temperature. But in Ireland, it's more like, oh, we're going to turn on the fireplace and heat this room. A lot of homes like that in the US as well. I, I guess being in Texas, everything is centrally mm. like AC'd. Like we either have like AC or heat and it goes throughout the entire house. That's not a thing in other countries. That, that's, that's, I know, pretty darn privileged of us that, uh, you know, we're so used to like these central weather. I mean, what the fuck would you call it? Uh, no, you're totally right. Central weather. Uh, yeah, what's the um, word? AC I know, and heating. We I have know. the power to control this for the most part. No, I, you're totally right. I think it's just like the shock of like, you're in Ireland, like it's a, you know, like there's a nice warm fire going on and then you go to the toilet and all of a sudden, like your ass is sitting on that seat and it is like an ice cube. That sounds miserable. It's and a lot. It doesn't excuse it totally, but I understand why mm -hmm. women would hover to pee in a situation like that. I mean, as long, like you could hover as long as it's just like, you know, you, you, you know, clean it up if you, if you miss anything. Although, you know, you know what? I think it might actually even be bad for your pelvic floor. So, wait, wait, never mm. mind. Don't. I, I give no advice on the hover. Hover, mm. not hover. Don't listen to me. I'm actually going to get one of those funnels now that you mention it. Um, what? Yeah. You know the lady funnels for no. um, camping? Oh, no. Um, oh, yeah. So, um, there's like a lady funnel. It looks like, um, <gasps> like an elephant's nose. I, I bet. So, yeah, you just like stick it on your um, area. And there's like a little hose. It's for camping, but that's actually a great idea for going to Ireland. That freaks me out. I I I don't know if I like that. Like I get it, and if I was camping, I would probably use it. But I that do, so do you still sit at all, or is it just no. <gasps> it's for camping? Oh, yeah. 
that's the premise is like you can stand and pee because like i mean i can camp i can squat that's fine but i just don't want to get my butt cold well wouldn't you have to pull your pants down at least a little bit oh yeah i mean well yeah enough to get your um <laughs> your lady bits out i suppose oh my goodness this conversation has gone off the rails. Yeah, we're not even talking about what we were <laughs> supposed to be talking about today. No. Oh, well, of course. We have waited a long time for this. This has been like months in the making because we have just read Midnight Sun. If I just read, I mean like a, a couple of weeks ago. And it is, what, 800? I have the book right here. 820 pages? He thick. It's a big boy. <laughs> And I thought, I was like, okay, I used to read all the time. I'm going to knock this out. No, it took forever. It's a fun read. It's just a lot. It is a lot. It is so Edward, though. I'm I'm really happy that it exists. It was so fun. But wow, it kind of makes me hate Edward a little bit. Like, I, mm. I, I still like him. I feel like I understand him better. But man, he is a fucking freak. He is insane. Dude. I don't think you're meant to be in anyone's head for this amount of time. Like this in depth. <laughs> We're just not meant to know that he's thinking all of these things. The fact that he spent almost an entire chapter imagining how he was going to kill everybody in the classroom just so he can have Bella's blood where he was like, hmm, should I kill everybody before? And then Bella's just there all scared so that way I can have her blood hot and fresh. Or should I kill Bella first, drink mm -hmm. her blood, and then kill everybody? And it's just like, just his thought process. It's like, <gasps> you are insane. Oh, see, I thought that was the highlight. <laughs> I loved that. Like, I loved him contemplating killing her. I thought that was so interesting. Like, I was there for that part. And then he started talking about how he loved her. And I was like, okay, I'm bored. You got bored that fast? See, that's kind of where it picked yeah. up for me. Because I'm like, oh. oh, it's finally happening. But then it was like, just like, okay, he's in love with her. Okay, cool. Like, he thinks she's like, so like, kind and good and whatever. But it was like, really boring. You know, without reading Midnight Sun beforehand, you know, you read Twilight. And you're like, why would Edward ever want Bella or why would anybody mm -hmm. want Bella she's kind of a awkward little plain Jane like mm -hmm. she's she's very much a shell of a character to me but when you hear the way that like Edward views her it's I don't know yeah I think it definitely started with obsession first and then love but I, I absolutely think they deserve each other at that point <laughs> <laughs> that that actually brings up um, such a good point because so much of this book mirrors Twilight. Mm -hmm. um, and for anyone does, who doesn't know, Midnight Sun is Twilight from Edward's perspective. It's a lot of the same scenes, except it's like, I don't know, double the size of Twilight. But one of the biggest differ differentiators is that we have a scene in Midnight Sun where Alice tells Edward, hey, you're going to fall in love with Bella. <gasps> we didn't get that in Twilight. It's at that point that Edward decides to not eat her. <laughs> like, you know, that is like, and then it's kind of like the chicken and the egg. Does Edward fall in love with her because Alice tells him that he's going to fall in love with her? That's so interesting. Well, 
I feel like yeah. that probably didn't pop into Alice's like even possibility of futures until like Edward must have had like some sort of thoughts about her. I mean, or else Alice would have seen that even sooner, wouldn't she? So I think it had to be like a conscious thing of, of Edward's. But also I feel like one of the biggest reasons why he falls in love with her is just purely for the fact that she's only different in the way that he can't read her mind. I think that is just the biggest, biggest thing. And I know it's just like, oh, that's so obvious. But it's like, that's nothing about her. That has nothing to do with like her personality or her life. It's just he just happens to not be able to read her mind. You know, he talks about like her attributes. And the only thing he really says about her is that she is good because she performs good deeds. She does good things for other people. But he also talks about Jessica and Mike and the horrible thoughts that they have. My goodness. Um, even though they don't act on those thoughts. And it's just like, dude, you don't know what Bella is thinking. She might be a total bitch, but she <laughs> doesn't say it. Like most of us, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Most of us have like really mean thoughts and we don't say them because we know we shouldn't say them. Yeah, like sometimes you can't help intrusive thoughts. That fucking sucks. But I think it does, you know, play into how you are as a person when you decide how to act on those thoughts or how to like rationalize those thoughts if they do like pop into your mind. And granted, yeah, Jessica and Mike seem kind of like they, they suck a little bit, but they're not that bad. Um, Jessica, she, she actually does kind of suck though. Just when he went on for pages and pages about how much he hates high school students and Ooh. all of that and it's like buddy why do you keep going to high school then do college like I mean, and that's probably like a more gen generic twilight complaint but <laughs> no you're right though it makes no sense oh why high school go to college go to trade school do anything else <laughs> i I guess if you look at it logically, they're trying to like, okay, say he's like 17. You're looking at the ages that you can like play. So maybe if he's 17, he can play 15 to 23 or something like that. I'm like, I don't know. That's his range. Is is Bella 17 as well? Yes. I'm pretty sure. <gasps> Did that one band who made the song 17 Forever, was that about Bella? Surely not. I'm so I curious. don't know. Metro Station? <laughs> we can Google it. It's the one that goes, we're one mistake from being together, but let's not something why it's not right. You won't be 17 forever. Wait, wait. But okay, so I Googled Metro Station 17 forever Twilight, and <gasps> the first thing that pops up is a Twilight music video. Oh. Is this an official video? Should we watch it together at the same time? <laughs> Because I kind of want to watch it. At this moment, you and I were both supposed to be at the When We Were Young Festival. More like when we weren't. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't Paramore supposed to play? Wasn't that like the Twilight band? Paramore and, and Muse were like the yes. bands for Twilight. Muse was like the band that Stephanie Meyer listened to when she was writing Twilight. I could see that. But they couldn't afford all of their music. I think they got a lot of Paramore songs, right? I could be wrong. It's been a long time. I have been listening to the Twilight podcast that's hosted by Ashley Green. Um, right. And Catherine Hardwick, the director of the first movie, was on there recently. And she mentioned that the colors, red, orange, and yellow, were not allowed on set. Nothing warm? You know, her color story is so strong. I, I didn't know that about the colors. The colors are so unique. 
They are. It's just a classic movie. Whether you liked the movie Twilight or not, it is a classic. It is. And it did so many things really, really well, even though it was like very cheesy. Absolutely. Um, So cheesy. That's fine. Yeah. Like the Ashley Green podcast and she hosts it with Melanie Howe and they get a lot of other people from the Twilight movie on there. It's so fascinating. Like it's so, so interesting if you're into Twilight and even if you aren't. Do they talk about Midnight Sun at all or really just like the series? I have not seen one about Midnight Sun, they might have one. The ones that I've listened to are like with the other actors. Do they have Robert Pattinson? No, they don't have like two big ones. They (laughs) have, yeah, I know. Uh, They don't have Robert Pattinson um, or Kristen Stewart. You know, like the people who play like Jasper and Emmett and Rosalie? Yes. (laughs) I can't try to say Rosemary and I was like, that's not right. Rosemary? You know, that's a real name though. You know, a question about Rosalie, because I, I saw this being argued about on TikTok recently. Rosalie, do you think that she has ever consumed human blood? Interesting. Well, she killed her rapist, right? She killed him and like all the other men, but it never said whether she consumed her blood, their blood. I bet she ate them. How could you not? I mean, she was angry. I don't know. Real mad. Yeah, like, if you're that angry, how could you not eat them? Drink human blood. It <laughs> <laughs> has, like, an answer for this. Because I'm looking on the wiki, and it says, after her transformation, she tortured and killed those who had attacked her, including Royce, but did not drink their blood, a fact that she is proud of. Apart from Carlisle and Edward, she has the most self-control and appreciation for human life and has never tasted human blood and it does say like in midnight sun that she dragged emmett back like he had been mauled by a bear or -hmm. something um and she dragged him back like bleeding and was able to not eat him yeah she she got him when bella was you know dying in the hospital in the very very i mean not in the hospital when she was dying giving birth Mm -hmm. covered in blood rosalie took very good care of the baby maybe maybe rosalie is not not so mean after all there's a lot of the Rosalie story that we just don't get until later on in the books, and it makes her seem like a real bitch. Like even from Edward's point of view in Midnight Sun, oh. like he didn't have you know a very high opinion of Rosalie either. Mm-hmm. To him, it seemed like she was just getting in his way a lot. His interpretation of her inner monologue, it's like it's really unfair because like. It, it's easy to think unkind things, but the real thing that matters is like whether or not you say them out loud or whether or not you act on them. And how do you interact with those thoughts on your own? Do you acknowledge that some of those thoughts are like not so great thoughts? Do you disrupt that thought flow? Do you just let it spiral? There's there's a lot to the human mind. Crazy, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, felt, <laughs> I, I did feel like really bad for like Rosalie's treatment in this. I can't remember. Did Edward and Bella actually kiss? Again, this is not very smutty compared to all the stuff we've been reading lately. But there was one part that I thought was kind of hot where (laughs) I think Edward and Bella had just gotten back to her house and Jacob and his father were there. Mm -hmm. And so since Edward could hear their thoughts and Bella couldn't, obviously, 
He was about to send Bella inside. And as he heard Jacob and his father just being like, oh, oh no, is he a vampire? Well, Jacob doesn't care as much. But when the the father was just like, Edward's a vampire. God, I hate him. Blah, blah, blah. Freaking vampire. Get out of here. Edward went for Bella's neck and kissed <laughs> it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Like, I thought like- that was really funny. I'm I'm also kind of surprised that Edward would make such a conscious decision like that. Like he was doing it to taunt them. That's that's so interesting. Yeah, he really didn't like those guys. Oh no. Like before I thought it was more of just like an anger, and I know there's an anger there, but in that scene, it was kind of cute. It was like a it was a playful taunt. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's yeah. that's about the most action that we got out of this book, huh? Or or mm-hmm. I think they kissed at I, one point, another they, point. Yes, they, they kissed did a kiss. little. I actually, I had a question. What is this? Our generation's intro to smut, and obviously there's no smut, but Oof. all four books, all four books are sexual tension. That's right? one hell of a slow burn. It feels like it watching is- Bridgerton season two all over again. I'll give you that. It's like four books of edging. <laughs> and well, I yeah. have receipts. I have I have quotes. Receipts? I have many quotes. Oh I don't even know where to start. Oh my god. I wanna just list them off. I'm so curious what oh your receipts god. are. <clears throat> the way I felt at this moment, feeling her warmth against my skin. No, nothing would stop me. Ugh, I groaned to myself. This is wrong. Oh my god. I have more, I have more. <gasps> The most selfish part of me was flying with the knowledge that she wanted me as I wanted her. It's wrong. It's not safe. <laughs> as long as we were on our way down to hell, why not enjoy the journey? like that line. Well, I have so many. <laughs> I too was overwhelmed by the proximity. The heat rolled off of her in waves, caressing my face. I could all but feel the silk of her skin. Her heartbeat stuttered and her lips fell open. I leaned away before the urgency in my body, either the familiar thirst or the very new and strange hunger I suddenly felt could make me do something that might hurt her. There's Here's so the much. thing. <laughs> I like it. And it's yeah. well written. However, I don't fully believe. I think I I only like 80% believe that Edward, a male vampire, would think those thoughts in that way like that's definitely like the author's talent coming through oh it's very like and that's why i wrote down all of these quotes is not just because like they're sexual but just like the dichotomy of like does he want to eat her or does he want to fuck her and with these (laughs) with these quotes and i have more like i have so many more but like we don't know as a teenage girl as you're reading this you're like "Mm." i mean i mean as a as a teenage girl you're definitely feeling like all right get to it get to the good stuff like what's what's happening i'm so curious but also i mean edward's like what over a hundred so i don't know maybe adult men did talk like that or something i don't know maybe they were more romantic i mean but edward was never really romantic is the thing either at least in his history that we know of i don't know but or i don't know maybe that's just the way that men talked talked back then f scott fitzgerald you know pretty (laughs) Pretty nice, pretty sweet with his romantic words, mm-hmm. whether they were his or not, you know, mm-hmm. kind of up for debate. But anyway, yeah, 
I don't know. I do like those lines. They they were fun to read. I don't know if I fully believe that. Ah, uh, yes, that is Edward. You think it? You, like you don't believe that it's him lusting? I don't believe that he would use those words if he were lusting. Interesting. That's what it is. Like that's what I mean when I say like the the author's talent is coming through because it's supposed to be from Edward's POV. You know, they're writing in first person, and it just it it feels very artsy, and I don't know if that's how edward's inner monologue works like for the killing part sure but then mm-hmm. when it gets to the hmm is this sexual kind of stuff like mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it, if he would sound that sweet or no well, i don't know about sweet i don't know if he would sound like that so like some of these were definitely about his desire to eat her but then some of them were also like where he was contemplating the di- desire to eat her or the desire to fuck her and he doesn't say it in that, those terms, but like, is this, he's like, is this like, you know, a human desire that I have? She makes him feel human. Yeah. And I mean, in that he wants to fuck her, but <laughs> you know, what's more human than that? Really? Definitely one of the most human experiences. <sighs> and that's the thing, like with this book, I'm very sad that this is the only book from Edward's POV. Cause I absolutely want to, you know, I wanted to keep going on, but I don't know if they'll ever be able to because the second book, he's not, he's barely in it. True. Yeah, like he's kind of gone. Unless they want to make it like a shorter novella kind where, you know, it's the intro, but the body is just kind of like, hey, what the fuck was he doing in Italy or and whatever? And then, you know, the ending from his POV. That, that could be kind of interesting. No, like totally. Like I'm really curious. What was he doing for like the first part of that book? And because we did in in Midnight Sun, we do get like a whole section of where he's like leading the bad guy around, you know, like he's like kind of like leading him through the forest and through like some lakes and stuff like that. And we didn't get any of that in Twilight. She really did use any of those blank spots in the book and and really filled them in. And I think that's part of why this book was so hefty. But in a, in a nice way, I, I liked learning these little things. But did you also notice how towards the end of the book? He was very selective with his words when she mm. was saying stuff like, you're going to stay with me forever, right? And mm-hmm. you're not going anywhere. And like in his own head, he kept saying stuff like, I'm going to stay as long as it keeps you safe or as long as it's necessary. Like he kept being a little bit manipulative with his w- words because I think at this point he was already thinking of, should I leave for the sake of her having a normal life? Oh, absolutely. And at one point, like, he does make the decision, like, hey, I'm going to leave her for her own safety, but I'm not going to tell her that yet because she's traumatized. Exactly. What the fuck? Like, we didn't know that reading Twilight. No, it seemed like a happy ending. Mm Mm-hmm. It absolutely did. And that does kind of, like, taint this book a little bit, I think. It's so much more honest, and it helps us understand New Moon a little bit better, I think. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, when Edward disappears, it seems a little sudden Mm -hmm. and and out of nowhere, which is perfect because for New Moon, all we ever knew was Bella's POV. So it, it is absolutely sudden, but no, Edward's been thinking about this for a while. Mm-hmm. Like he knew he had to do it just to like keep her safe. He had to do it to him. His version of keeping her safe is just like keeping her not a vampire, which is actually okay. Like this brings up, I have so many, okay. I have so many notes. One of the things I want to talk about is like the concept of choice. Okay. So Alice says that Bella is going to either die or become a vampire. 
And Edward says, I don't want that to happen. I want her to be human, but also be alive. But he doesn't take, he doesn't like let Bella make that choice for herself. Yeah. And also, I think he's aware that Bella does want to choose, you know, the vampire life. And it's kind of crappy that he's uh, not listening to her or not respecting her wishes. When we're talking about, like, it's almost like kind of a conversation of consent where, like, Edward doesn't want to turn her into a vampire. And, like, that is a fine thing to think. Like, that is an okay thing. Like, yeah, he doesn't want to consent to making her into a vampire. That's, That's okay. Fine. But he also doesn't let Alice do it. Yeah. Like, he forbids Alice to turn her into a vampire. And it's kind of like, okay, at what point are you encroaching onto someone else's choice oh yeah he's absolutely doing that and that's part of what i don't love about edward it's like we kind of saw a lot of it in twilight but we definitely for sure see it now where he just he overrides what she wants if he thinks that he knows best and the thing is he doesn't always know best yeah just the lack of respect for for her own choices and that and that partially makes me wonder like how much did he actually love her then if he doesn't respect the choices that she makes if you don't love you don't have to love all of her choices but you have to at least accept them and instead he changes them or he forces her to agree with him yeah or at least like respect her choice yeah i know that was really kind of gross oh also just speaking of gross all the time he spent watching her sleep weird yes Yes. fucking weird (laughs) and he's so (laughs) casual about it no, that's not normal, you scary little guy. Okay, it's so weird, but like as a teenager, when you read all those scenes, Hot. right? Right. It's, it's so like, hard. oh my gosh, he's in my room. Oh, he's in my room watching me sleep. That's no, so I remember weird. as a teenager finding that like super hot. <laughs> I think it was because it's like, oh, he's in his room. Oh, what if she wakes up and then... <gasps> Mm-hmm. I, I don't know it's something about like even when you're when you're a teenager like even proximity is sexual oh yeah so this is a quote from the book while parts of my mind were lost in the miracle of the moment other parts had never stopped calibrating the actions of every muscle monitoring every bodily reaction Ew. it took up quite a bit of my mental capacity in fact and then an immortal mind immortal mind had a great deal of space to spare Basically, like, the reason I wrote down this quote is, okay, he's literally monitoring her every movement. I think that we thought that was, like, very um, appealing, like, very erotic. As an adult, I'm like, I do not want to be perceived this much. No. Mm Mm-mm. No. First of all, people look fucking weird when they sleep. Uh, (laughs) The weird muscle twitches. And, like, she probably farted in her sleep. (laughs) You know? Like, why do you want to be there for that? That's you're weird. You're a weird, sick little man. You know, Edward would be like, "Oh my god, that was the cutest fart in the world." Yes, he would be like, "Oh, she's so human." Oh, it's adorable. Kind of a great reaction, but when you when you you know widen that scope, he's still watching her sleep without her knowing. That's bad. Weird. But as weird. a teenager, you're like, you're not thinking that deep. You're just like, hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like, I feel like that's a common trope. <laughs> Especially like fan fiction of that age. Or just like watching someone sleep. Is that still hot? Or uh, is it weird? And like, does that cross a line? Do like, do, do they know that it crosses a line? 
Because, yeah, that that's definitely a line crosser. Like, I wonder if Twilight were written today, if it would mm. be different. Because, well, actually, no, probably not. Because look at that. Midnight Sun just came out. And yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, like, this is fairly new. But also, like, it's written by a woman who, like, I mean, how old is Stephanie? Now? Yeah. She's 48. She was born in 1973. So she's 15 years older than me. So she's like solidly Gen X. I'm trying to think if she's 48 right now and Twilight was, Twilight came out in 2005. So mm -hmm. that was 17 years ago. She was 32. Okay. Hey, yeah, that's mm -hmm. smut writing time. <laughs> I get it. This is when we like <laughs> reach our peak. <laughs> I just have to write about the smut. If she's 32 writing this or 31, that's kind of like right in between our ages. I don't think I would write this novel. Really? No, yours would be smuttier. <laughs> yeah, but just like, I don't know, like why go back to high school? I, I wonder if her Mormonism has something to do with it. Youthful, innocence, and this is around the time where you do find your true love. And then once you turn 18, you get married and start having kids and stuff. And that's kind of like the usual route. Is high school the Mormon dating ground and like that's it? Uh, <laughs> I, I actually, okay, so I grew up with a Mormon really good friend. And so I went to some of like the Mormon events. And I don't know if this is like common knowledge, but so for the teenagers, Mormons have these dances and kind of the idea is that at these dances, you find someone to date and marry. So they're encouraged to bring people outside of the church. So that way, like, okay, you know, like you fall in love with somebody from the church and then you get one more church member and then all your babies are church members. That sounds like an MLM. It is. It is. <laughs> Religion is like the first MLM, right? <laughs> You know, they send people to other countries to introduce them to their religion. But yeah, so I went to like a lot of these dances as a teenager. And then like sometimes I would get like phone calls from boys who were just like a little too intense for my teenage self. That is insane. It's very interesting. Yeah. And you didn't exactly end up marrying um, a Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Also, can I say in, in regards to to like I'm, I'm just thinking of the cover of midnight sun mm -hmm. i mm -hmm. love that it is a pomegranate oh. like what is this theme that we keep having with this podcast with the bad boys and and hades and persephone and the goddamn pomegranate shit right we keep coming back we keep coming back to the bad boys we do. And like, I mean, there is a very like solid Hades Persephone reference mm -hmm. in this book. Whereas the first Twilight is Adam and Eve, right? Because it's the apple. Oh. Isn't it? And, uh, uh, I, I, I think so. Yeah. Because that's, that's why they did the apple. I imagine. Probably. But, that's like her lore. I don't. <laughs> really. But I, then, I love that though. I love this switcheroo. I wore um, Jo Malone's Pomegranate Noir fragrance. For this? Mm -hmm. I was wearing like autumn colors earlier because I went to an autumn festival. And I changed because Catherine Hardwick said there was no warm colors in Twilight. And so I put on a blue dress. And so why did she make that decision again? 
Just like I guess artsy. just to get the vibe. Yeah. That is the most Pacific Northwest vibe mm-hmm. piece of cinema I've ever seen. I I adore Twilight. I, I'm going to say it. I enjoy the hell out of it. I, I appreciate so much of what it is. I am not sure how I feel about Twilight. I feel like it was such a moment in our youth. Like it was such a big cultural moment. I feel like it's fascinating because of that. But the story itself, I'm kind of like, I don't know how I feel about this. You don't have to like love the story, but just you have to enjoy the ride, you know, all Mm -hmm. all of it combined. Because you know what is so fun to see on TikTok? Seeing somebody who watched Twilight when we watched it, you know, at the midnight releases, (laughs) in the long lines for every movie. And then now about 10 years later, you show that same movie to somebody else who has never seen it and you record their reactions throughout the movie and they get invested and it is so fun. Like it is still gripping and laughable and in the in a fun, sweet way all these years later. Did you see the TikToks about the mom showing her teenage daughter? No. Oh uh, my God. Showing her Twilight? Yeah. The mom's recording her off to the side and she watches like all four of them. It's amazing. Or all five, I guess. I saw one where a young lady was showing her boyfriend all of Twilight and his reactions, Mm. like all of them. It's just fun to hear everybody's reactions. I did show these to Dave, my husband, who's 37. So he's like a little bit older than us. And he thought it was funny for like the first half. And then he was like, can we turn this off now? I will say it does slow down a little bit once they actually start to get to the part where you know she leaves forks and she is in the dance studio and she's getting tracked by the tracker like after that it does kind of lose some steam mm-hmm. yeah i feel like the build-up to the relationship is a lot of fun and then once they get there it's a little boring. do you think there's an extended edition out there of the movie Yeah, like deleted scenes. Like, can I buy the Twilight DVD and will there be like deleted or extended scenes? Someone email us and let us know. (laughs) I'm I'm Googling it right now. I want to know now. Find out. Have you ever watched the commentary? No. Who's commentating? Okay. Commenting. Evidently, (laughs) evidently the commentary with Robert Pattinson is hilarious. Really? Oh, I want to watch it. Because he doesn't like it. (laughs) Oh. So it's just like two hours of him making fun of the movie that he's (gasps) in. Hey, can we watch that, please? Oh my gosh, you want to watch it together? Yes. We can make a video about it. Reacting to his commentary. I would love that so much. Me too. You know, Robert Pattinson, the first time that we saw him was like in Harry Potter and then in Twilight. And since then, he's got on to just be like a really prolific actor. I don't want to be mean, but like, I feel like his performance in Twilight wasn't the best because he took it so seriously. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, he was directed to. Yeah, like, he he was, like, really feeling, like, hey, I'm a hundred-year-old vampire, and I want to murder this human girl in front of this classroom of innocent people. Like, he was feeling that. And actually, am I misremembering, or did he receive early chapters of Midnight Sun? Did he? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember that. Do you remember when Midnight Sun was leaked? Yes, like, years ago. Yeah, like, ten years ago or something. 
I yeah, think. it was it was when you know Twilight was still like banging around oh. that time, like shortly after the fourth book or something. And I remember, I think I read it. I think I read the leaked I one. Did. I'm sorry, I remember it was interesting, but I think Stephanie Meyer got so upset and she's like, "Fine, nothing for you." <laughs> she definitely did, which is and like, she totally fine. like rewrote it. I think. I think so. Like I didn't recognize anything reading it now, but I wonder if like Robert Pattinson got those chapters or at least like got those notes. And that's what informed his performance. Because, like, I mean, he he did a very good job being angsty. He did. He did what he was told and he <laughs> rocked it. He did yeah. exactly what he was told to do. He took the notes. He did. Um. <laughs> also, I feel surprised that he's only 36. Yeah, Is it just me or he's? I think when I look at him now, he seems old. I don't know. Maybe I pictured 38. 39. I thought he was closer to my age, to be honest. So 36. I'm like, okay, that makes sense, I suppose. First, he was Cedric Diggory. He gets killed by Voldemort. And then he becomes Edward, who is a vampire. Like, look at it as a continuous timeline. And then, of course, okay, so Edward is a vampire who kills bad guys. He kills murderers. Who else kills murderers? Batman. (gasps) And then he became the Batman. He became Batman. And like also like vampires are rich and Batman is rich. <laughs> if you look at it as a continuous timeline, it's just it's just a lot of fun. Also, I haven't seen him as Batman yet. <gasps> oh, it's okay. fun. It's really, really good. Mm-hmm. I want to see it. I love a good superhero movie. This one was like very gritty and fun. I like gritty. Uh, yeah, it was a good one. I have a quote. I would rather die than stay away from you. And my question Who says that, Bella? Edward. Edward says that? For sure. When? But, oh, I guess it's Bella who says it. That makes more sense. Is there anyone in your life that you could say this about? Like, can you imagine the type of person that it would take for you to have this desire? I would rather die, die than stay, than away, stay from away from you. That's a lot. I feel like as a teenager, you do have thoughts like that that pop into your head when you're, you know, experiencing like uh, your first relationships and you don't nobody's like really talked to you well about how to interact with like these intense feelings. And yeah, like if you had like somebody rational to talk to you about it, then then those thoughts would hopefully go away or you learn how to manage them better. Those are like intrusive thoughts that teenagers just have in those beginning romances i get it it's so true i've never been like so horny as i was than like when i was a teenager like yeah like i'm imagining like the the shenanigans i got into Mm -hmm. back then and i'm thinking now like huh the stakes are a little low or just boring everything just felt so big and so important and i really wonder like okay if I had just, okay, we may have to cut this. If I had just had a vibrator, would I have made better choices? But here's you know the what thing. I'm I do, but also having one is not enough. You also need genuine privacy, which, you know, when you're a young teenager and mm. if you have siblings or nosy family and stuff like that, that's just going to make it so much worse. And so I feel like that's part of why teenagers you know, they go out and they do stuff because they just don't have a sense of privacy at home handle these feelings. <laughs> you also didn't have a sense of 
privacy anywhere else, you know? And that's why you end up doing crazy things like hooking up in a baseball dugout, you know? Like, we've all been there. Sabrina, do you have a story to tell us? Are you talking about a story between you don't, and Bella? You don't have to tell us about the dugout. It's okay. <laughs> no, I mean, it's really, it's not all that exciting. You know, just teenagers. You can't do it at some person's house. Can't do it at mm-hmm. another person's house thing. And then, you know, there's no games going on. There's nobody around and dugout, you know, nobody can see you. Yeah. <laughs> That's adorable. I think my first kiss was in a park now that we mention it. Because like, yeah, you're like, like no one's around. I've definitely <gasps> been caught in a car. Oh my gosh, you too? <laughs> I it was honestly like and it was actually innocent. Like um oh. I was dating this guy and he was like a really good boy. Um and he took his shirt off because he was hot and we were just like making no. out. We weren't Kate, he didn't it, take it off because he was hot. Come on. Oh, actually unless he, really, he was hot, hot. He was it was just like I mean, we're in Texas. He was just sweaty. And like honestly, like he was the good boy in this situation. I was the um whore. I was oh. the harlot. Yeah. Like, I was the harlot. He was, like, a good boy. And he, like, he took his shirt off just because he was hot. Like, he was such a sweet, innocent boy. And then the cops pulled up. Kissing Kate Harlot. Even you do not believe that he took his shirt off because he was hot. Like, he really did. I feel so bad. I felt so bad for him. Yeah. The cop came. I did. He did. And he told us that, like, hey, like, he's, like, I could really get you and guys in trouble right now because we were like 18 and 19. And we, you know, like, I don't know. It was totally innocent, but I know it didn't look like that. (laughs) But at least 18 and 19, you know, he was probably just trying to make sure that none of you were under 18, especially. Like, that's probably the biggest concern. We were stupid. Like, you know, I knew that it was like make out point. And so I was like, hey, let's go here. People do it all the time. Hey, that's what with me <laughs> you went to make out point <laughs> well we didn't call it make out point we called it ride outs because there was this one hill called yes. ride out at the time where you you know drive all the way to the tip top and you could see all the city lights at night and it's so mm-hmm. pretty so basically make out point but you know what funny enough i remember with this specific person there was this moment when we actually were teenagers where we took the train to uh this town called Pasadena. And we just, you know, went on a little adventures. We're not from Pasadena. And we just, there's lots of old classic buildings over there. And some of them are like tall. And so I don't remember how this ended up happening, but we were walking and, you know, it's cute on the sidewalk. We're flirting. And then all of a sudden he like gently pushes me inside like the stairwell of one of Mm. these old antique buildings and so and he just like starts making out with me and my neck like up against the wall in this old building that's all fancy and pretty and nobody's around it's just like a little empty stairwell and (laughs) he knew exactly what he was doing yeah and that and that's the thing like that stuff happens when you're a teenager it doesn't so much happen when you're an older adult and you everybody you know has homes already where they actually are allowed their privacy but the thing is maybe that's part of you know what dulls it a little bit you know it's the having to be creative when you're younger that Mm -hmm. makes it feel a little bit more exciting and the fact that you know these feelings are new and hormones and whatnot (laughs) i mean i'm married i love my husband i don't think i would rather die than stay away from him i think i would rather live 
I I choose life. I choose life. I think that's the healthy thing to do for sure. That just seems like a duh thing. Like it's your fucking life. <laughs> we need to talk about our experience with the Twilight books, I think. <laughs> I read them in high school. Like the first one had already been out for a while. I remember seeing it, you know, at the Scholastic Book Fairs. You saw that iconic <laughs> apple. It's there, but, you know, I was in middle school. It wasn't that that exciting to me. But then high school, I'm like, all right, people are saying good things. Let me Let me check it out. And I fell for him instantly and I ended up reading all the books as soon as they came out. Yeah. No, me too. I think I was 17 when I read the first one and it was one of those that just like sucked you in and you were obsessed immediately. The thing is like, why? Why did it suck us in like that? Like, dude, I remember my... My boyfriend and I had to share a book because he wanted to read it. <laughs> like, everybody was getting in on it. <laughs> My theory, it was our intro to smut. It's it was our intro to smut. It's four books of edging. <sighs> Love we it. We wanted them to have sex so bad. And it took a long time. And then we didn't get any payoff. In the it's fourth just, book. It, right? But it was, it, it was short and, like, not really detailed. It like fades to black. Oh, oh. Which did, if any, like of these like book releases, did you line up for? All of them. Oh no, no, not the book releases. I'm sorry, the movies. I didn't line up for any okay. of the books. Why would you line up for the books? <laughs> uh, Breaking Dawn. I mean, I got it, but I didn't like line up for it at midnight, at midnight? like I did for the movies. You, not at Barnes and Noble. No, Kate. Did you line up for the books? Um, absolutely. I have been prepped by years of Harry Potter releases. So I was like ready for this one. Um, and then when Breaking Dawn came out, it was like, it felt like fan fiction. You know, yeah, it was like, kind of like unhinged. But like, it, it was unhinged for sure. But I mean, but still with with very little payoff. One, on the smut side. And two, mm. on the whole, hey, here's a giant war where consequences and casualties happen. And by the way, it wasn't real. Right? Like, we got M. Night Shyamalan right yeah. there. Like, wh wh what was that about? Like, honestly, if they would have just let everybody die, I would have accepted it. I would have been sad, but I would have accepted it. It's true. Oh, I, I lined up for, for all of the movies. I did the midnight premieres. Those were so fun. We did it at the Kikorian Theaters in Pico Rivera because those were the fancy theaters. And they had the space to uh, accommodate such a long, long line. And it was just exciting. Like, I remember that they ended up, like, playing the Twilight movies like in multiple theaters at the same time because there was just such a demand to see them. Yeah. It's it sounds so lame, but like the those memories to me are like how other people remember like happy Christmas morning. There was such like a feeling of camaraderie. Everyone you talked to was your friend. Right? Like everybody was so excited. Everybody had an opinion. It they, you know, they divided us by Team Edward and mm -hmm. Team Jacob. And now 10 years later, people are like, Edward Jacob, I'm talking about Team Charlie. Yeah. We have matured. We have matured. We I think, I, I mean, there's still some nice things about Charlie. I mean, he's a cop, so eh, not a big fan of that. Not but like him as a person, I know I just spent so much time talking shit on Edward. I think <laughs> I still prefer Edward over Jacob. 
Oh, oh obviously. Jacob never had a chance. Jacob was he was uh, he, he was like the entitled whiny nice guy at mm-hmm. some points and it just wasn't hitting. And then once he imprinted on Rigatoni, that's yeah. when for me that it was just weird. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I mm. will say though, at that midnight release of the new moon movie, I do remember being in that theater and the first time that Jacob appears without his shirt. The entire theater of women gasped collectively. It was amazing. Well, I wonder if maybe more women gasped where you were because, you know, you're a little Southern belle and where you're from, everybody's sweet and innocent, at least outwardly. And then over here, over in like the East LA area, people were like, (laughs) they were cheering it on. I love that so much. I've never experienced anything like that. Just that collective gasp of like 200 women at the same time. It was amazing. I want to go back. I want to go back to that. Maybe (laughs) I I can't go back, but I can. I I don't know if they do this over there where you are, but every once in a while, like these random small little theaters around here in LA will do like a Twilight release or sometimes they'll even do like a marathon of all of the movies or something like that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But like maybe I don't even smoke weed. I don't like it. But maybe I can get just high enough where I don't remember anything anymore. And I could just like go in there and I'll feel like I'm watching it for the first time. I want that. I don't I don't know if I okay. I don't know if it's gonna hit without the context. Yeah. I guess I just need a time machine. I feel like it was so impactful because we were teenagers which is why everyone likes charlie now not because he's a cop because he's a responsible man with a stable job listen after reading midnight sun i think i need something a little bit yeah more i hear you (laughs) absolutely this was this okay this book like i wish people could see this i'm holding it right now it is it is thick yeah, this is a is. thick boy, and we read all yeah, of it. Yeah, he is. We did it. Every inch. It was a lot. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a lot of time inside of Edward's head. And I would like to read some actual sex next, maybe. Scream for us is Halloween oh, smut. Oh, my God. I want to read spooky, dark romance, but I don't want it to be gory or too. too scary. I like scary, but it was like if you're watching Scream and the main girl fucks all the bad guys. <laughs> right? Right? Like, yeah. But they're not bad. Well, yeah, they, they, they are, are bad, bad guys. They're super bad. Not to her. Everybody uh, else. But you know what? I love a reverse harem. I feel like we're seeing a lot of that in smut books, and it's kind of exciting. Like, that's not something I've seen a lot of before, ever. But I guess this is where it's been. So... On that vein, I actually had a really interesting conversation this weekend. What? My best friend got married this past weekend. Right. I was a matron of honor. It was great. Afterwards, we were like, we all had an Airbnb. The bridal party did. And we're just like chilling and hanging out. And um, somehow the subject of furries gets brought up. And someone says, okay, well, furries are inherently sexual creatures. So if you... Yeah. We were all very drunk. I don't know if this is the truth about furries furries i don't think it is i think that there's a lot that 
goes on and that but someone said like okay if furries are inherently sexual who is your like furry spirit animal and i was like i was very drunk and also my smut book club has read a lot of smut having to do with various creatures and Mm. i was like okay obviously there's only one right answer and it's an octopus Oh, we should probably cut this (laughs) actually the best answer was someone said that he was an armadillo because he was hard and had ridges and i thought that was a really cute answer that is an excellent answer Mm -hmm. i mean like some people said like oh i'm a wolf or like i'm a i don't know they said like you know boring generic answers boring yeah our smut book club has if you're interested in things acting like tentacles our smut book club has read a kraken book it was actually like really cute and well written and it's like a it's not just like a kraken it's like a man who turns into a kraken so it's like not gross it's an interesting intro to tentacle stuff (laughs) if you would if you're curious (laughs) i forget to cut this this is awful Oh, okay, I'm yeah, so far down the rabbit hole. Okay, I'm gonna, I have one last quote for us to talk about. Quote is designed to be together. And my question is, do you believe in soulmates? No. Interesting. <laughs> Why not? I think if they were real, that would be really cool. And hopefully you like each other. I don't know. Because like even love doesn't always keep people together. And also like what would even enforce it? I think that they're not. Do you think you can have multiple soulmates? Doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose? No. What? The world is a big place. So you think some people were just meant to have a certain amount of time together? I thought the whole point of soulmate is that, like, that's like your one and forever. I mean, like, if we're reading Akatar books. No, I thought that's what a soulmate was. Oh, there's like, I mean, it's a lot of like different interpretations. No, Kate, no. I (laughs) think if you ask anybody, what is the soulmate? They'll be like, it's your one true love. Okay. Well, that context, I don't believe in them either. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I do think that there's people that come into your life, like not necessarily that are your soulmates, but you like instantly connect with. Oh, absolutely. I I believe in that. I believe in like chemistry. I, well, but then even then, what what is chemistry? Is it really just somebody setting off your your body's anxiety alarms? Like, hey, be cautious or who knows? Okay, have you but ever be- met someone and you're like, I want to be their best friend? Yes. Kate, like, Kate that's yeah? how I felt when I met oh. you. I was like, I want to be friends with them so bad. Brandon, don't make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we honestly like – met in the way that we did because i don't think i've made friends with anyone like that and and you know what i'm so glad that we did because look here we are like four years later yeah about four three four years later look at us who would have thought talking about slutty books really who would imagine if at that vidcon when we met like if somebody told us like hey like if alice cullen walked in and was like oh my gosh you guys you're going to start a smut podcast together in a few years have fun read up we would have had to do some research <laughs> oh i so love this pressure, time alice. <laughs> i don't I don't know if we were meant to, you know, meet and become friends so we could make this podcast together, but I just know that I'm very happy that the timeline worked out that way. Too.
That's so sweet. <laughs> and with that, let's uh we'll we'll see you Bye. next time. <laughs> Join us next time on Smut Talk Podcast. It is the week before Halloween. We're going to try to give you a Halloween episode. So read up on Molly Doyle's Scream for Us. See you there.